episode of ST Talks. I'm Laura Dummer, your host, and today I'm here with Andrew Holiday, Cogent's Genetic Manager. So from across the pond, welcome to the podcast today, Andrew. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. It's uh, great to join you today. And in this ST Talks podcast episode, we will be learning about the UK's dairy industry. Um, but to start, Andrew, can you briefly tell us about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Okay, so yeah, my name's Andrew Holiday. I'm the genetic manager here at Cogent in the UK, um, representing, uh, I guess, ST on, a, on, on the UK and, and in Europe as well. Um, I joined the company uh, Cogent about uh, 11 years ago, started off um, doing mating programs, uh, helping out with the sales team, and then transitioned into a, a kind of a sire acquisition role, um, doing some progeny work, you know, picturing daughters of the bulls. Um, doing some tours and, and again, supporting the sales team. And it's, you know, the roles kind of uh, evolved organically as we've gone gone throughout the years and, and, you know, to what it is today, looking after the, the beef and the dairy programs here at Cogent. So really, you've been there for quite some time. Could you just briefly tell us a little bit about the infrastructure Cogent has in place today? Yep, absolutely. We've got, um, we're based here in central England um, near Chester. Um, we've got um, a production unit here that houses around 250 bulls, um, including beef. Um, we do some third-party custom collection work for, for other AI studs. We've also got our, our dairy lineup, um, some of the more mature bulls, and then obviously the young genomic bulls as well. So. Great. So what currently are the top trends you are seeing in the UK dairy market? Well, the UK, it's you know, it's it's not it's no different to anywhere else in the world. We're all going through a big period of change. Um, there's more and more pressure being put on UK dairy producers and global dairy producers to be more efficient, be more, you know, uh, eco-friendly, um, to produce more efficiently, to be more resource efficient. Um, all those things are, are probably pretty consistent around the world, and the UK is no different. And as a result of that, we're seeing people. You know, trying to be more profitable, breeding for more profitable cows. Um, you know, sex and beef is a huge thing um, for us here. It's, I know it's a big trend around the world as well, but I think probably the UK, um, we're probably pushing a little bit further ahead than most people, I think, um, with that transition. So can you describe the average herd in the UK for us? Yeah, so I think the average herd is just over 200 cows now in the UK, um, and we're, see- we're seeing quite a I would say the market's quite polarized now. Um, we've got a, you know, a very commercial part of the market, very profit-driven, um, pushing hard on, you know, components and 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 you know the value-added traits. And then you've got probably more more of a traditional end of the market, which is still looking for that, you know, really nice type of cow, um, the cow that's going to live a long time. You know, she looks good, um, good udders, good feet and legs, but also has the ability to pay the bills as well. Right. So in, you know, in every market, you have top producing farms in the UK. What would you say would be like the main characteristics of the producers in this top category? You already stated, um, you know, that your um, beef on dairy and sex model, you're pushing very hard. But what kind of technology are these producers using? What are they breeding for? Yeah. So, the, the, you know, obviously the elite producers, the guys who are, who are really pushing the boundaries, looking for that next step to get that extra efficiency. You know, those guys are really pushing on genomics now. That's that's one of the big, big key areas of drive. You know, sex and beef really opens that up. You know, if you're going to use a lot of sex semen, you really want to know which cows to use that on or which heifers to use that on with a, with a high degree of accuracy. 
And genomics really is the key to unlocking that strategy. Um, so, so we've seen genomics really um, been pushing hard into those very um, switched on um, commercial commercial producers. Um, yeah, I think that, that would be the key for it. I think genomics is is the big one. Yeah, I would completely agree. Um, and I mean, a technology that can really take uh, a dairy operation to the next level. So, and this kind of leads me into my next question. So in the past five years or so, there has been a lot of change um, in bovine technology. How has this technology influenced your semen sales? Like what, um, what is your current percentage of, you know, sex semen versus conventional or versus your beef sales? Yeah. So, so the sex and beef is obviously a big thing, like I just um, mentioned earlier. And I think the, the key to that is the quality of the sex semen that we're now able to offer. And the technology that's been used in the background to develop that, um, you know, and to get in sex ultra 4M where it is today, where we've really seen um, conception rates rivaling that of con conventional semen, um, especially when it's used in that younger, more fertile part of the herd. So that's really allowed people to use that with confidence. Um, and also the fact that we can offer sex ultra 4M across our lineup, every bull's now available. So no one's having to make any sacrifice in terms of which genetics they can use um, to push forward. So I think that's been the real key. And that's allowed us to really accelerate that transition to sex and beef. So now, actually, for the UK market, we're down to about 5% uh, of conventional of dairy sales being conventional. Um, so about 50% of beef semen, which leaves about 45% sex dairy. That is some impressive numbers. And yeah, I would say, you know, that follows the trend that we've been seeing in the US and Canada, you know, kind of across the globe. So technology is really allowing um, dairy producers to take their genetics and take their, uh, you know, planning to the next level. So speaking, still speaking on technology, as we both know, ST um, has been at the forefront of bovine tech for years. Um, from all the offerings that Cogen and ST has to offer, what are your producers looking at the most right now? Yeah, so I think, you know, like we mentioned before, genomics is really taking off and people are really getting used to using that and using that data to, to make good decisions early on. Um, and I think with that and, and being partnered with Genetic Visions in Wisconsin, it also, you know, and, and part of the ST group, which we are at Cogent, um, it gives it, you know, the eco-feed trait is something that's that's really, really interesting. Um, you know, like I said before, everybody's now from a carbon um, standpoint, everyone's kind of under that little bit of pressure to kind of reduce their 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 resources um, to, to produce more from less. Um, and and eco-feed really isn't the sweet spot for that. So with genomics and genetic visions, we're allowed, we're able to now, you know, demonstrate to, to farmers what that eco-feed eco score is on their herds, on those cows, on those heifers, and really make some interesting decisions as well and, and bring that into the, to the mix of the different traits that they're selecting for. For sure. And especially with the, you know, the percentage of um, less carbon that a high eco-feed animal produces, it's definitely a tool that um, I believe will be utilized more and more as countries start working towards that net zero initiative. Yeah, absolutely. In the UK is, you know, I think the NFU, the National Farmers Union in the UK set set a goal to for, for agriculture to be at carbon uh, net zero by 2040, I believe. 
you know, so so we've got some big work to do and some some big things to achieve. And genetics can play a huge part. And I think the really exciting part for us is that EcoFeed is, you know, probably the strongest feed efficiency trait available in the industry. So uh, we're right in the sweet spot. I completely agree. So all across the globe, um, like you said before, dairy producers across the globe are facing a lot of the same pressures, a lot of the same trends. And right now, dairy producers um, are being rewarded for their milk solids. Can I just assume that this is the same in the UK? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where does Colgent's genetics shine through in this category? Yeah, well, it's been, a, been, it's been the case in the UK for quite some while. So some components have been a big part of our breeding strategy um, with the genetic programs for, for quite a long time. You know, there's not many um, milk buyers now left in the UK that are, that are paying for a, a liquid milk. Um, everybody's kind of getting rewarded for those fat and protein, probably more so fat across the board, but protein's probably growing along the way. And, you know, and we see some really, you know, extreme fat and protein percentage bulls doing really, really well for us. We have a, a, a young side called Kojin Zulu bred out of the, you know, our internal program, who's probably the most extreme um, percentage Holstein bull. Um, in the breed and, and he's been extremely popular offering like a lower stature more strength with those big components he really ticks a lot of boxes for commercial dairymen in the uk nice so when um your uk dairy producers are making their sire selection what would you say are the top three or four traits or indexes that you are getting asked about or that uh these producers are searching for yeah so well pli is obviously the, the main kind of headline um index for the uk market um that's that's the profitable lifetime in- index that's the equivalent of a net merit or a, or a or a pro dollar um you know from from international indexes so that's kind of the first starting point but i think what we're seeing now with uh uk producers they're, they're looking a little bit further to kind of hone in on what makes those specific dairies money and what we've we've been able to do with a few tools that we've developed ourselves is 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 really hone um create some custom indexes um which is a is bespoke tool um uh, bespoke to the specific mill contract and the way that that farmer partic- um gets paid and it allows us to really um chase the money on that dairy and, and and push hard at the profit profit side of things um so a farmer's getting paid more for fat than protein he's going to push certainly more in that direction um but but there's those guys who are getting paid more for liquid or more for protein so we can really chase after that right so really just trying to get the most out of your genetics which all dairymen should be yeah. um you know trying to achieve yeah, absolutely. And especially when margins are, you know, farm margins are going to be pretty tight, you know, with the the world's in kind of chaos as we speak. And, and you know, there's a lot of pressures, there's a lot of rising costs. And, you know, dairymen need to be able to extract as much value out of the product that they're selling to their, to their um, milk buyers as possible. And genetics is a great opportunity to do that. Definitely. And another avenue um, that a lot of dairymen go into um, for more profit is selling their beef cross calves. So in your market, um, I guess in the past, maybe currently, I am not 100% sure, but the British blue had been heavily utilized for that beef on dairy cross. Now, is this still true or are you seeing an uptake in Angus? Um, If so, why or what, what does the beef on dairy market look like? for you in the uk 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, the British Blue, it's, it's certainly um, it's still the biggest breed that we sell, um, you know, most popular breed that we sell for, for beef on dairy. Um, you know, and that's 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 totally down to the the, the quality of the, that final calf and, the, and that value added product at the end of it. But we're definitely seeing more interest in, in the Angus line and especially more from what we've got, you know, the integrated supply chains. Um, the, the, where, where the um, the retailer and the consumer is is asking for a very specific product, where they're looking for some more eating quality that the Angus can provide. So, so Angus is certainly more more interesting from that point of view. Um, so, I think we're still, you know, if I was putting, you know, on the two breeds, I'd probably say we're still 70 percent uh, British Blue and, and probably thirty percent Angus on that. And do you see the Angus um, increasing in the next five years, or do you think that this trend will stay steady? No, I, I do see. I do see it. Um, the problem the Angus has got is probably, you know, it's quite a, a, um, a small calf when it's born. Um, especially those female calves, you know, that female Angus is, is probably not as valuable um, to, the, to the dairyman at two, three weeks of age as, as you see the, the blue female calf. Um, I think one of the real, real big opportunities we've got is is sex male semen actually for the Angus, and that could be the, the real driver for Angus uh, as people get more and more confidence in that sex ultra 4M product that we start seeing. Um, you know, we're already selling that product in beef, but um, I think it's got some huge mileage and some huge, huge opportunities to, to really open the market up sure. um, with sex male beef. Yes, I completely agree. Well, Andrew, um, my last question for you today, just to wrap this up, but I'm curious, what do you see for Cogent's future in the UK market, let's say in the next five to 10 years? I think it's, I think everything, it's looking pretty, pretty rosy for us. I think, um, you know, we're already well ahead on the sex and beef strategy. I think that that's, that's already there. Like I said, I think the huge opportunity for sex male beef um, and, and trying to to extract that extra value out of those beef calves, um, you know, because more than half the calves born on a dairy farm now are, are going to be beef calves. So people are, are really starting to focus in on the quality and the, and the difference between different breeds, different bulls. So the, I think the, the, the beef on dairy side of things is going to continue to, to really drive forward. I think eco feed has got a huge part to play and we're only scratching the surface on that. Um, but we've seen a lot of interest from milk buyers, from retailers, uh, and consumers as well on you know on the opportunities that ecofeed brings and then things like poll genetics i think um again the consumer being extremely aware of where the product you know where that where that milk comes from or the beef comes from you know people are much more aware of that and and you know poll from an animal welfare point of view is starting to 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 attract some attention and again the genetic quality that's available out there in poll is now far superior to where it was and I think that's got some some pretty big potential as well as we move forward. I completely agree. And just at the forefront of all of this, keeping in mind the consumer awareness would be uh, is going to be become key to the success of dairies. So thank you for mentioning that. But overall, just thank you, Andrew, for joining us today and for sharing um, your vast knowledge on the UK, the UK dairy industry with us. No, it's been a pleasure. Nice talking to you. This was another episode of ST Talks. If you like what you heard, you can find more episodes on your favorite podcast platform by searching ST Talks or ST Genetics. And if you want to learn more about ST Genetics, 
Visit our website at stgen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. 